right, everybody, welcome to B.O. Boys for Monday, November 15th. Fuck it, it's a raw feed. We're doing it live. I'm Clayton. Yeah, I'm Pat. And Pat, Eternals did not go away this weekend. Very small drop. Yeah, it is the, uh, definitely the story of the box office this week is that Eternals is not a disaster. In fact, it may end up being just another normal-sized Marvel hit, and everyone's going to have to suck it up and accept it. It ain't going to be the bomb that sinks Marvel. In fact, it ain't even going to be a bomb, it looks like. No, so let's get to this plow, and then we'll get into it. So, Mm -hmm. number one... Eternals, $26.8 million, down 62%. It is now at $118.1 million in its second weekend. Number two, a newbie, Clifford the Big Red Dog, made $16.6 million in its first weekend. It was only in 3,700 theaters and streaming on Paramount+. Plus. It is at 22.2 because it opened on Wednesday. And uh, number three, we got Dune, five point five million down twenty nine percent. Lost some theaters down two hundred ninety four theaters. In its fourth weekend, it is at ninety three point one million dollars. Looks like it's going to go to a hundred. Mm-hmm. Number four, No Time to Die made four point five million dollars down twenty five percent. Lost some theaters, one hundred and forty theaters. It's at one hundred and fifty million dollars. In its sixth weekend, in number five, Venom, Let There Be Carnage, $3.9 million, down only 12%. It lost 102 theaters. It's at $202.6 million in its seventh weekend. And that is the top five. Real quick, I do want to expand it for a moment here to get to number six with Ron's Gone Wrong, a movie we thought had gone wrong. Mm-hmm. It made $2.1 million, down only 39%. It lost some theaters, but it's at $20.7 million in its fir- fourth weekend. This is a movie that's kind of hanging on there. It, it hasn't yeah. slipped down. It's very interesting. People are coming around to this film. Yeah, Ron's gone okay. You know, Ron's gone fine. He definitely has not gone. He hasn't gone right, but he definitely has not gone wrong yeah that that's the story of ron and uh yeah i mean i think you know we could jump into eternals or we could jump into what i think might be the other big story of this weekend uh is that we proved once again or the box office proved again the rats need their cheese yeah ron's gone wrong had a nice hold made some cash but this big red dog this clifford just just uh, uh, what a showing from this dog. Well, first of all, I'd like to pat you on the back, Pat. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Because you nailed this number. The three-day weekend was 16-something, and you said 17 million. I said 15. So I was actually a little, a slightly a little bit low. Oh, I thought you on, said, on, I thought you said 17. Well, I guess you were close. You were closer than I. I said nine. Yeah, I know. I said 15 million 
And I mean, yeah, we'll get to Eternals, but this, this big red dog, Clifford, what an amazing showing because 16.6 million for the three day, 22 million for the five day, which again, we always say when a movie opens on a Wednesday and you get that five day, most likely if the movie had opened on the Friday, chances are that three day would have been pretty close to what the five day ended up being. Mm-hmm. You know, like if, if Clifford had opened on a Friday, we're probably looking at a movie that would have opened at around $20 million, which is just incredible. I mean, I think last week we speculated on just how popular Clifford really was because Clifford was never the it dog. Clifford was never Paw Patrol level where every kid on the playground, all they did was talk about Clifford. But what Clifford has shown is that Clifford has stuck around. Clifford is that big, red, slow dog that doesn't race out of the gate, but Clifford sticks around forever and wins the race. And generations uh, have been touched by Clifford. And, I mean, listen, the main thing, again, is the rats need their cheese. And kids, whether they cared about Clifford or not, they had to go see something this weekend, and that's what they went to see. What a show. Yeah, and the thing with with this film is that it was also streaming on Paramount Plus. I don't think it lost much business to that service. I think it was as we've said before, Paramount, Paramount Plus, nobody has it really. So, mm-hmm. this mm-hmm. is a way to kind of goose that service, uh, but I do th- I don't think that's going to really matter all that much. I think most of the people who wanted to see this film went and saw it in the theater. So yeah. it's nice to have the availability at home for the kids, but it's got to be on some platform where they can find it. Right. And I think the other thing we speculated about was whether Paramount had done a good job marketing this movie to the kids and on the kids' platforms and on Nickelodeon. And... I think this opening weekend makes it clear they must have been just flooding the Nickelodeon kid shows with advertisements for Clifford. I think that it's clear there was some mind control element to some of the advertisements on Nickelodeon. We haven't seen them because, you know, we don't watch Nickelodeon anymore. But the box office makes it clear that Paramount did a very, very good job of getting into the kids' brains while they were watching Nickelodeon and and convincing them to to go out into the theater. You know, and they these kids were not being told about Paramount Plus. They were being told Clifford is out in the movie theater. Yeah, it seemed very much like the Paramount Plus, at least to my knowledge, it's kind of an afterthought in the marketing. I I didn't really pick up on it all that much, and I think most people, like you said, they just went to the theater to see it. Yeah, yeah. This is this is a great showing. It's been it's been a great comeback year for kids' properties that we thought were dead and buried, like Clifford the Big Red Dog, like of course Tom and Jerry. You know, it really goes to show that these kids' properties that you forget about, they could do Baffa Bobo out in the movie theater. You know, so Woody the Woodpecker, uh, 
I think is is the type of property that if it if we hear Woody the Woodpecker live action movie gets announced, you can't underestimate its potential. Well, Pat, I hate to tell you there was already a Woody the Woodpecker film fairly recently that was a live action film that did not do Buffa Bobo. And I don't even know if it went to theaters. So Wow. You can't you can't say that all of these IPs are created equal. Wow. That is man. So Woody the Woodpecker is the lowest of the low then. 2017. If the big red dog. Woody Woodpecker made nothing at the domestic box office. It made fifteen point three million at the international box office. So it looks like this was not a wide released film in America, but it was a universal film. Was it an English language, Woody the Woodpecker, or was it a a foreign language? No, nope, it was the it was a, a American film. Wow, wow, that is that that man that really makes me think so much less of Woody the Woodpecker because when you see these Tom and Jerry numbers and you see these uh, Clifford the Big Red Dog numbers and then to see that Woody the Woodpecker only made international money, wow. What about Chili Willy has there has is do you think Chili Willy is a potentially a box office? If the headliner uh, uh, can't potential. get people in the seats, can't even get a release, right. there's no way Chili Willy is putting the dupas in the seats in America. Right, right. Chili Willy was the part of the cartoon that you would go up uh, to the kitchen and melt some cheese on some triscuits during. Right, right, right. All right, so so I guess, you know, the, the rats need their cheese, but the rats also have their limits. But, yeah, this, this Clifford the Big Red Dog, was there any, was there a movie, uh, a known actor in this Clifford the Big Red Dog? There were, uh, there were a Jake, Jack Whitehall, who is a comedian, right. English comedian who was in Jungle Cruise. Right. Is a guy who I think is trying to break America. And right. I don't know what this is going to do for his his, his uh, box office potential, because obviously comedians are having a very hard time making films that right. are hits theatrically. Doesn't look bad for him, though. But I don't think he's the star of this. I think the Big Red Dog is the star of this. So it's mm-hmm, not really going to mm-hmm. it's not going to propel him. But certainly it it, it wouldn't torpedo him this is good to keep his boat afloat Hmm. um yeah and the director of this movie is walt becker who previous movies include van wilder wild hogs old dogs and an alvin and the chipmunks sequel so it's you know this is another win for that director for Walt Becker. This is that's actually a pretty solid box office history. Well, he can do and, the oldsters and the youngsters, but it doesn't feel like much in between. Although Van Wilder well, was, we're the Van Wilder generation. Yeah, Van Wilder is is yeah. So I mean, that's a director whose box office actually has spanned some some pretty, uh, actually some pretty really span the gamut there um yeah i i don't know yeah i don't think this is going to really make a star out of anyone other than clifford 
Um, but it, it, you know, this could be the potential start of a franchise. We have to see how it holds up, but these kids movies have have been pretty leggy. You look at the Adams family too, you know, I think Clifford is going to have a chance of playing through the holidays. Mm -hmm, Absolutely. So let's, let's, let's get off this big red dog. Okay. And let's get on to what we thought was going to be a dead dog, but the Eternals. Mm-hmm. Dropping mm-hmm. only sixty-two percent, and this is the so the only the only movie in this post-ish pandemic era that dropped less was Shang Chi. When we're talking about wow. blockbusters, wow, we're talking about so in terms of the highest high end. So your F nine, your Venom two, your, your Black Widow, Venom twos, right, right. Wow. I mean, listen, I'm not going to say we're eating crow. Well, actually, I can't say we're eating crow because I predicted pretty much on the head what this opening weekend would be. We both said about $27 million. Mm-hmm. I think I think we may have done the, the math wrong in our heads and thought that would have been a higher percentage drop. Um, but it worked out for us that we basically nailed what this movie would make this weekend. Yeah, we're no mathletes. We've never claimed to be. But we just have that sixth sense for box office, so it, it dragged us to the right number. Yeah. Um, You know what this... I mean, what the, in the end, what this is, is it is maybe the biggest example ever of Marvel is bulletproof when it comes to critics, for sure. Mm-hmm. It is completely critic-proof. The fact that this movie was critically savaged or rotten uh, meant less than nothing. It couldn't have meant less. Yeah, because you have a track record, if you're Marvel, that spans over 20 years at this point. Mm -hmm. And people will trust that brand over someone's voice that gets paid half a cent per sentence. Right, 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 right. Yet that's true. It's not, it's not the day of this being your local critic that you've known for 25 years. You know, that critic who's been in the newspaper and has had that same headshot since they started the paper and then they update it every 10 years. And when they do, it's kind of really staggering because, you know, they age 10 years in a, in a moment. But you see that name consistently for 20 years. You grow with that critic. That's what it used to be. People used to trust their local critics. Now, the critical establishment is so transient. They're, 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 they're you know, they're all these new names that no one knows, no one cares about. And those bad reviews, I mean, they've always kind of not mattered on big, big movies, but they just couldn't matter less at this point. Like the, the rotten, this was, here's what this is. This is a great thing for Marvel. It actually turns out to be great that Eternals got so critically savaged and still made Baffa Bobo because Marvel now could completely not give a shit about the critics. Mm-hmm. You know, not that they ever had to before, but like the next time a Marvel movie is rotten, 
or, you know, whatever. All they got to say is Eternals. Who cares? Who cares? Yeah, absolutely. I, I, I do think I do think this makes Marvel even more unstoppable. Yes, yes. Um, which, again, we talked about last week. A lot of people don't want to hear that. We don't necessarily want to hear that. No. But they're critic-proof, and tweets are not ticks, and tweets are not anti-ticks. The fact that Twitter hated this movie, of course, we always knew it didn't matter. But again, Marvel just has even more proof of how little that matters. And and speaking of which, because I think we, we'll just keep looking at this Eternals film and see what it does next weekend when it goes up against Ghostbusters. But let's talk about another Marvel product, which, you know, we know it's Sony, but it's also Marvel. Mm-hmm. Venom, Let There Be Carnage. This is a film that went over $200 million at the domestic box office, joining Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings in the $200 mm-hmm. million dollar club. And we do a thing on this show where we divvy up the millions. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Venom had a very small drop this weekend. So this this film will probably rack up more money. It's not done yet, but it's not going to reach a milestone bigger than a $200 million milestone. It's not going to make 300. It's not going to make 250. So this is when we're going to divvy these up mm-hmm. because whatever yeah. else it makes, we can just say, we'll, we'll say who that goes to just the, the rounding, the rounding error that, that, that'll go to somebody too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, uh, it's it's been it's been an amazing run for Venom and it really this is a movie that deserves the spotlight it's about to get. Yes. You know, it deserves to have its millions divvied up. The stars and the and the and everyone involved deserves to know how much they should be getting. And uh yeah, it's really earned this. This is this is very exciting. I love to divvy up the millions because when you're divvying up the millions it means that there has been a big giant hit and and that's there's nothing we love more than celebrating a giant box office hit now now that is so true and now just to clarify because you know we got asked a lot about how we go about this what is our method mhm mm-hmm. what this is is who's responsible for people going and paying to see this film right Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so if we don't say, oh, the head of Sony gets blah, 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 it's because nobody goes to see a film because the because he- there's a head of Sony that they like. Right, right. We're talking right, what right. is putting the butts in the seats, what is making people, you know, shell out hard-earned cashish on mm-hmm. this product. So a lot of it is going to be customer-facing talent. Right. It's not going to be the green lighter. Exactly. And you know what? Good for the green lighter. Whoever greenlit this, greenlit the right movie. But we're not talking about green lighters today because people don't go see movies because of the green lighter. They go see movies because of the people on camera, maybe some of the people behind the camera. Mm -hmm. 
you know, and there's always a couple of other elements, but it's not the green light or it's not the studio. And it's it, this was a smartly budgeted film and we're not going to deny that. But I don't think that goes into play when we're divvying up the millions here. No, no. All right. So we want to divvy up. I know this movie is as of this moment at 202 million, but let's divvy up a clean 200. That's what. Yeah, absolutely. Well, anything that it makes past this will be rounded off and it will be given to someone. We'll 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 start doing right. that too. I think the excess goes to this person. Right, right, right. Because we haven't done that um, so or, far, but I think that's that that's that's still money. It's still money and it still belongs to someone. All right. So this 200 million of Venom let there be carnage. I mean, I guess like right now let's think what are some of the big potential elements or people that are going to end up deserving something i mean do we agree that do we agree that the star of this movie tom hardy should be the biggest recipient or not yes i think he gets the he he gets uh, he would get the lion's share i would think because so because of his taking the reins of this franchise as well. I think the direction he steered this franchise in was a winning one. Well, I'm going to pose this. He's one person. He's playing two roles in this movie. Tom Hardy is both the main human character that we see, right? He plays uh, Eddie Brock. Uh, uh, Eddie Brock. He also plays Venom doing a different voice. Is Tom Hardy's, are we giving Tom Hardy all the money or do we need to split up the money between him as Eddie Brock or him as Venom? Well, well, I think the Venom IP is in the running. Okay, so we'll give it Tom Hardy's one person. The Venom IP then is a separate entity from... Tom Hardy, the actor uh, slash screenwriter, he actually co-wrote the. That's movie. what I'm saying. See, there's there's so much that there's so much that he so did much. that I do think the bulk will go to him. But we also have Woody Harrelson, who is one of Hollywood's great value ads, mm-hmm. playing mm-hmm. the titular Carnage. Mm-hmm. We have in smaller roles Michelle Williams playing Tom Hardy's. X, we have no, mm-hmm. um, no, <clears throat> fuck it, it's Rafid. Naomi Harris playing Shriek. Right, right. And then we also have the director, Andy Serkis. Right, who didn't direct the first movie. Then. No, because. He directed the second but, one. Because yeah. the director of that film butt heads with Tom Hardy. And Tom Hardy said, mm-hmm. no, this is what I want this film to be. And that's what this film became. And that's why it is probably going to make the same amount as the first one in a climate that is way harder to be a hit. Right, right. Um, so here's another element that I'll throw out there that could deserve some money. All right, I'm listening. And this is, it's tough because like the Venom IP, it's not a person. But the Spider-Man IP. Well, the fact that this is tangential, well, not tangentially, it's, 
it is it's in the SCU. It's in the Spider-Man cinematic. Yeah, universe. the fact that this could have ramifications for that character mm-hmm. could could definitely be a reason people are watching this. I mean, do we want to say the mid-credit sequence? Well, I feel like at this point we already may have. No, by no, accident. I don't think we want to say what it is, but I think do we say that's in the running? The fact that there was yes. a a mid credit sequence, it could be you know worth what? some millions. I think it's worth a good amount of millions, to be honest with you. I think that's for sure, and I'll tell you. I mean, if we ever have to divvy up millions on Eternals, I don't think we will. But if we ever do. That's an end credit sequence. I think gets a huge amount of the Eternals money. Oh, there's there's a person um, there's a person in one of those sequences that would get more. I think would probably get more uh, money than probably uh, three fourths of that cast that are in the main mm-hmm. film. Right. So I I like this for Venom that the. The stinger itself should get paid. Yeah, I think so. Here's what's in the running. Tom Hardy, obviously. The Venom IP. Woody Harrelson. Andy Serkis. I'm not saying they're going to get a lot. I'm not saying he's going to get a lot. But let's count the the mid-credit sequence as Mm -hmm. what you were referring to earlier as the fact that it is connected to the Spider-Man yes. universe. I agree. This the Stinger is is a money grabbing entity for okay. Venom. Um is there anything else or anyone else? I mean this movie it's a Sony release. It wasn't it wasn't simultaneously released on any streaming platform though. I don't know if Sony has one. No, doesn't. If it even had wanted to, because they they sold off Crackle years ago. Yeah, that is now owned by Chicken Soup for the Soul Productions, I believe. Right, right. Um, I think that's it. I think we're working with that. Yeah, I guess so. It came out around, came out in October. Um, yeah, it came out October 1st. I don't think the season think gets any around. Money. Yeah, the season, the Halloween season doesn't get any money. If it had come out later in the month, then I think Halloween could have been in the running as an entity to get money, but not that early. October 1st doesn't really matter. Um, well, let's, let, yeah. let's start here. So Andy Circus. Okay. Do you think he deserves anything? You know... I don't because this movie is going to make about as much as the last one. So the addition of Andy Serkis, I don't think brought anything extra. Although, do you think Andy Serkis is enough of a name where people are aware that the guy who played Gollum is also a movie director and he directed that. Yeah, I don't know if there's any BuzzFeed articles that are did you know Gollum directed the Venom sequel? 
Right. I think here's what I would say. I think he was a guy that was put into the director position to make sure that Tom Hardy got what he wanted. So this is a LeBron putting Tyrone Liu in as head coach mm-hmm. situation. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's a guy that's going to do what he want, what the star wants and not ask questions. So I think he did mm-hmm. that. I think he did that, but I don't think that puts butts in the seats. But what I would say is, you know, we talked about earlier, the runoff, the rounding off. I would be willing mm-hmm. to give him the $2 million and whatever more this movie makes as a good job buddy. Okay. So we give we give Andy Circus the rounding error. Yeah, and so that's not money that adds into our 200 million, but I think that's fair because it, it was an element he was an element that shepherded this and I think the runoff can go to him. But sure. I would say that most of the people if I went on the street and I said, "Hey, who directed let there be carnage. They wouldn't say Andy Circus. Right, right. I mean, this is a good deal for Andy Circus because we're giving him the runoff. So this movie only had a twelve percent drop. It's actually still in a lot of theaters. So if Andy Circus plays his cards right, this movie could actually make him a pretty penny. Mm-hmm. So okay, so Andy Circus, he's taken care of with the runoff. So now we're officially starting to divvy up this two hundred million. And um, I want to throw out one more element, and maybe this is part of just the Venom IP itself. Okay, but do we award because Venom, much like Deadpool, but but I would say even more so, Venom has become one of the most memeable. Um, uh, 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 brands, one of the most visible memes on the internet. Okay. It's just Venom memes and that Venom tongue being used in memes is inescapable in modern society. So does meme culture, does the Venom meme on its own deserve some of this money because it kept venom in the public consciousness even as the movie kept getting pushed back you know the years in between the first one the second one venom never lost momentum because of how memed venom was yeah i would agree with that i would say that we now have venom as an ip and then venom as a meme ip Yes, as separate yeah, because Venom as an IP is it's a movie, comic book, big IP. But as a meme specifically, it did a lot of work, I think, of getting younger people enthused because younger people love memes. Maybe, you know, for a lot of young, you know, a lot of people, I would say under the age of 27, memes is their main form of communication. Mm-hmm. You know, their main form of learn. They learn through memes. They talk through memes. You know, they they uh, engage with their their family through memes. And so for that under 27 set, Venom memes really probably introduced them to Venom and got them to go out to the sequel. Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, we we grew up with the with the Ten Commandments Mm -hmm. that said thou shall not. 
Right. And I think this generation is more of one must not simply generation. Mm-hmm. 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 So yeah. they're definitely memefied. And yeah. I I think we could give I'd be willing to give the Venom meme twenty million dollars. I agree. I think that sounds good. So if we're giving the Venom meme twenty million, would we give the Venom general IP? Well, I'd be willing to give it twenty million dollars in crypto. The, okay, the Venom meme gets twenty million in crypto. Yeah, and it's still it's the same as twenty million. Okay, but it's just twenty right. million dollars worth the meme of crypto. crypto. Okay, I think that's fair. I think the Venom meme would appreciate that. Um, so the Venom meme gets twenty million in crypto. What about the the Venom general IP? I, I mean, this is a big I, one. I I mean, I I think this I think this gets about. I think this would be like sixty to seventy. What do you think? I mean, maybe more. Maybe more. I mean, to me, it's this and Hardy are the two big ones. I hmm. All right, maybe seventy. Let's go on the high end of what you said. Okay. Well, we can make it an 80 so that we, this is Venom pretty much gets a hundred million. Okay. So if we do 80 Done. for the Venom IP. Right. In regular money. Right. And then 20 million for the Venom meme. Right. In various memes. When I say Venom meme, I mean just every iteration. Right. Gets right. 20 million in crypto. Right. Okay, so right. then that's half gone, and I think that's fair. Yeah, so then that leaves half pretty much for all the actors. Now, here's an interesting so, thing, though, too. Mm-hmm. And when, when we're dealing with the split personality situation, like Venom and Eddie Brock, Carnage is also an IP for comic fans. People were really psyched at the idea of Carnage being in a film. Because he had never been in a film before. We'd seen Venom before in, I think, yeah, it was Spider-Man 3, Sam Raimi's Spider-Man 3, played by Topher Grace. But to my knowledge, there's not been a live-action iteration of Carnage, who was a very popular villain in the 90s. And I think there was some anticipation for this IP. So I'd be willing to give the Carnage IP... $10 $10 million. I think that's got to come out of then the Venom Venom IP. I think we got to then take, we've got $20 million that goes to the Venom meme. I think then we go $70 million to the general Venom IP and then $10 million to the Carnage IP. Okay, I'd be willing to do that. So we still then have $100 million. Yeah, so we got $100 million for the actors. I mean, Tom Hardy gets the most of it. I mean, it's basically Tom Hardy, Woody Harrelson, and then the scraps that we're divvying up against the supporting. Uh, I actors. will say, unless you think Michelle Williams goes higher. No, I, I love Michelle Williams. I think Naomi Harris d- has done some great work. Nobody's going to these films to see either of them, because this is a film and a franchise for fourteen-year-old. Teenage boys and girls. I mean, it girls, I, I, girls too. Teenagers in general, young teenagers, 
who who are down with the sickness. Right. So uh, who love the yeah, tongue. So I'm sorry. I didn't mean to genderize. I'm going to go see this is a raw feed. I'm not going to edit it out. I was wrong. It's not for boys. It's for everyone. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. for mostly young teens. I, though, think Michelle Williams of the supporting actors of the non Tom Hardy, Woody Harrelson actors has to get something because A, she was in the first one. And therefore, she's built a relationship with the people who saw and loved that first movie. And that first movie does end with the tease of her being in the Venom suit. Yes. Right? So there, there is an aspect of we got to go see the second one to see what happens as Michelle Williams get in the Venom suit, which, listen, it's teenage boys and teenage girls, but I think that's a clear play towards the teenage boys. And I don't think you could undersell that there's Venom fans who want to see her in the, in the Venom suit. There's teenage girls who, you know, think she's a, a role model or, or whatever. You know, they, they're like, oh, I want to see girl power. Yeah. And there's teenage boys who want to see Michelle Williams get in a, in a, in a Venom suit for whatever reason. Yeah. I mean, yeah, so you so I would give her a million. So I think Michelle gets 5 million. All right. Now that's fair. I mean the the big one is going to be Tom Hardy and do we think I mean do you think he needs is 70 million enough? I think I mean yeah, I mean I think 70 is good. So he's the writer, he's the the star, plays two parts in it. I mean, the, the thing with Tom Hardy in this movie is he's not a box office draw other than this. Though the thing is, like, Tom Hardy, is, he's done a good job of getting himself in a lot of big movies yeah. over the years. You know, so he's been in Inception. He's been in... Dark Knight Rises. Mm-hmm. You know, he's been in uh, The Revenant. Oscar nom 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 for The Revenant. So he gets himself in these big movies. He keeps himself really famous. Venom's basically his Deadpool. You know, it's the it's the one he'll be remembered for. It's it's the the role that goes in his first line of his obituary. And yeah, if it's if it's if it's the first line in your obituary movie, then I think seventy million is is you got to get at least that. Well, so then what does that leave? I mean, does that leave fifteen twenty five for Woody? Oh, I you know I guess he's earned it. That feels a little high though. So then maybe Hardy gets more. Maybe Hardy gets seventy five. And Woody gets 20 and Michelle gets five. Yeah. I mean, you know, what I would say more is 80, 15, five. That feels right to me. Yeah, I could go with that. 15 is a value add number. Because if Woody wasn't there, if someone else was playing Carnage, say Sam Rockwell was playing Carnage. Mm Mm-hmm. Would there be anybody who wouldn't see that film? Yes, I think so. 
You think so? You think people will be I more do... willing to go see a Woody Harrelson play a Carnage than a Sam Rockwell? I do think so. I think Woody is much more famous than Sam Rockwell has. I mean, even though Rockwell oddly has the Oscar and Woody doesn't, I feel like most for now. But and I think it's one of those cases where Rockwell has the Oscar, but most people assume he doesn't have one. And Woody Harrelson doesn't have an Oscar, but most people assume he does. Yeah, they think Larry Flint... They think the IP Larry the IP Larry Flint has an Oscar. Yes. So it, it's and that's all that matters in terms of getting people to the to the uh, theater is not what actually happened, but what people assume has happened. Mm-hmm. So I think people assume Woody Harrelson has an one or two Oscars, and therefore under that assumption he's a draw to see Venom because people at home are like, oh, wow, I have to see Oscar winner, multiple-time Oscar winner Woody Harrelson in this Marvel movie. But if we're talking about the core audience being young teens, Oscars don't mean jack to them. But the teens are going already. The meme gets the teens. You know, the memes draw the teens and... I think what what puts a movie like this over the top is having some diversity in the audience, Mm -hmm. you know, some crossing some age demographics. And Woody is bringing that demographic out there. He's bringing the oldsters who are willing to still go out to movie theaters, the oldsters who are not waiting for everything to go to streaming. Yeah. And the fact that they these oldsters think Woody Harrelson has several Oscars, that was a way of getting them to join the teens who were brought by the memes to go see Venom. I mean, yeah, I mean, it, 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 for to your point, I think a lot of the reason we were very psyched for this film was because of Woody. Yes. Yes. And and we are specifically two people who are still going to the movies a lot who would have went anyway. But there's other versions of us, you know, other people in our age demo who went to go see Venom, Let There Be Carnage because of Woody Harrelson. And had it been Sam Rockwell, had it been uh, uh, John Hamm as Carnage. That's crazy. That's a big drop. That's a big drop. I would, I, you know what? I wouldn't have gone to see it. Exactly. So I think Woody Harrelson, listen, Woody Harrelson, also don't discount, was in the stinger for, which makes me realize there's one thing that we haven't given the money to, but Woody Harrelson was in the stinger in that first Venom movie. So Woody maybe, here's what I'm going to propose. Here's what I'm going to propose. Woody gets a little bit more. I'd go Woody... 17 and Tom Hardy 78 million. I know I'm making our math more difficult. Yeah, you're going to have to keep track of that because I ain't working with eights and threes. Woody gets 17 million. Hardy gets 78. That still adds up to 95. And the Michelle Williams gets her five. Well, but yeah, you're right. We have not mentioned that mid credit sequence. And I think that has to get a ton. A lot of people went to see that. When they heard that there was one, they went to see that. 
So then what, you know, we've already got to 200. So what has to get less money to give this mid credit sequence money? And what, what do you, what do you think is a ton? Do you think this, the stinger and venom, let there be carnage has to get more than has to get like 10 million. I think it gets 10 million. Yeah, absolutely. I think, I think absolutely that added. And we're, I think we're being conservative in that. I think we're being truly conservative in that. Wow. It's, it's interconnectedness definitely deserves, I would say 10 to 20 million. So what do we what what is getting money taken out of his pocket then? I mean, I think you know, five gave, million for Michelle Williams is fucking insane. I think she gets a million dollars. Well, we're we're still by your count short. Then if, if we got to pay the stinger, we can take. Oh, it's so hard. I mean, do we take from Venom? We can't take from Venom. That's why. I mean, maybe a sliver of the Venom IP, or do we take from we Tom? Gave the do Ven- we take from Tom Hardy? We gave the Venom IP what? We gave the Venom IP eighty million. Yes, eighty million, and then twenty for the meme Venom. For the meme, so let's take four from Michelle okay. and ten. From the we let's take ten from the Venom meme. Okay. Because the other ten million is in crypto, and it could be worth pay more. Out bigger. It could pay off bigger. Okay. So we're giving the Stinger fourteen million. Yes. I think that's fair. Yes. Okay. So I'm gonna sum it up now. This is what we've paid out. Okay. Andy Circus gets the runoff. So whatever this makes over 200 million goes to the director Andy Circus. Great. So he's he's got you know only 2 million now, but the potential to really strike it rich if this movie keeps holding as well as it has. Nice. We're giving 80 million to the general Venom IP. Yes. Um we're giving 10 million to venom memes and that's in crypto so even though it's only 10 million uh, it could be a giant payout for these memes possibly um or it could crater but who knows right but the venom meme wants to take that chance the venom meme does not want uh, greenbacks no we're given 14 million to the stinger that plays during the credits. Mm-hmm. The the lore of seeing an MCU stinger drew people in. Fourteen million. Yeah. We're given seventy-eight million dollars to Tom Hardy, who plays two parts. He plays Eddie Brock, he plays the voice of Venom, the alien, and he's a co-writer of the movie. He gets seventy-eight. 17 million then goes to Woody Harrelson, one of the great value ads of our time, playing Carnage. Again, I think because he was in the stinger of the first movie, you, you got to give him that extra. He gets that 17 million. He's a draw. He's not Sam Rockwell. He's definitely not John Hamm. And then we're giving one 
million dollars to Michelle Williams. I think that's low. I do think she's earned more. She was in the first movie. When she gets in that suit for more than five minutes or two minutes in the third movie, she'll make her bones. But to me, again, it's not how long she's in the suit in the second movie. It's the fact that they teased her being in the suit in that first movie, so people are coming to see that second movie because they want to see her in the Venom suit. Okay, the one thing, though, Pat, we forgot is that we did give some money to the Venom IP. I mean, I'm sorry, the Carnage IP. So the Carnage IP. IP. Okay, so I think we I think we took that from the Venom IP. So we gave Venom IP 75 and Carnage IP 5. Okay, let's do that. That's fine. So that's how we've divvied it up. It's simple as that. Simple as that. Listen, Venom, Let There Be Carnage, obviously had a lot going on in here. But in the end, the big, big reasons people went to see this is because Venom is a strong IP that people love and they care about. And Tom Hardy, when he's Venom, is a movie star. Yeah, and it takes a village. Yep. Um, so good for Venom, Let There Be Carnage, huge hit. And we'll be seeing a lot more of that at the box office in future movies. Um, Before we look at next week, I just want to throw out one quick shout out to something that came out at the box office this week. So Austin, one of our favorite wannabe O boys, wannabe O girls, wannabe O people, uh, always emailing us with great insights about what happened in the movies. This weekend, though... We're going to talk about, real quick, Austin being at the movies himself because Austin wrote us to let us know, and we'll, you know, we'll talk about this when it comes out, but he is an actor who was in a upcoming streaming show called Unusual Attraction that he says is hopefully coming to Amazon Prime in Q1 of 2022. Deal not finalized yet. I hope he's okay with it. Listen, he wrote us to tell us that, so he's got to assume there's a chance we talk about it on air. So it may be on Amazon in early 2022, but the reason we're talking about it is because Austin let us know that Unusual Attraction premiered the pilot of this series in a movie theater this past Saturday, November 13th. Austin was able to get the number that that one screening made and that mo- that episode of that streaming series made $3,750 for its one showing. And the reason that that is so impressive is that translates to a per theater average for the weekend of $3,750 for the pilot episode of Unusual Attraction. And if you look at the box office top 10 for this past weekend, that number would put unusual attraction at number three in terms of per theater average. Yeah. Only Eternals and the opening weekend of Clifford the Big Red Dog had a higher per theater average than the pilot episode of Austin's streaming series, Unusual Attraction. So 
We ain't going to divvy up the thousands, but you know what? Let's clap. Oh, let's yeah, clap. let's clap. Please clap. Please clap. Well, Pat, this production company is doing what you mm-hmm. said everybody should do. Yeah. Put the pilot I've... in the theaters, get people psyched mm-hmm. for it, and then they can watch it again at home. Yep. Yep. Yeah. I I have been, especially this past year, pushing studios and movie theaters to just get a lot of content out into these theaters, even if it's for just a weekend. Put put succession new episodes out in a movie theater on a Friday or Saturday night. It, it, it'll, it'll make its cash. And then, and it's all digital files anyway. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm sure Austin didn't show up to that one theater screening with a, with a, a, a roll of film. He had a thumb drive with a QuickTime file and they played it. And all of these. Well, someone else did. He's the talent. He's not carrying around a thumb drive of the product. He's sitting right, back, right. relaxing. Hopefully they're asking him what he needs. Right, right. He, uh, sorry, I apologize, Austin. I can't even imagine he even knew the person who brought the thumb drive. That would be below him. He's he's above the line. Austin's, you know, he's on the poster. He's talent. Yeah. But it's a big win. You know, we love, we love when people close to the show become box office draws themselves. Of course, Nick Turner last summer in 2020 was the uh, uh, number one comedy star in America with Killer Raccoons 2, Dark Christmas in the Dark. Listeners know he's a regular, uh, uh, been on the show a bunch of times. Also, he's a big listener. And now we've got Austin, who is a legitimate box office star. He had the third biggest per theater average this weekend. So way to go. And you know what? When that show gets to Amazon Prime, we'll be talking about it here. So. Absolutely, yeah. So let's get to what could maybe triumph this coming weekend. Mm-hmm. We've got two movies opening wide. Mm-hmm. We've got Ghostbusters Afterlife, finally. And we have the Venus and Serena Williams biopic starring mm-hmm. Big Willie himself. In a bid for an Oscar, this is this is yeah. Oscar bait par excellence, and this is an HBO Max day and date release, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. And these are the two big movies coming out, and you know, Afterlife is tracking pretty high, forty to sixty million opening. Yeah, yeah, box office pro. And and that's a pretty small range for Box Office Pro. You know, usually you would think they would go 20 million to 111 million, you know, really hedge their bets, but they're they're basically saying this movie's going to make around 50 million dollars opening weekend. And you know, this is a movie that we've spent a lot of time talking about on the show because it's one of the most delayed movies there is. You know, this was originally supposed to come out in early summer of 2020. So they this release date has been pushed back about a year and a half. Mm-hmm. And our fear always was the longer this sat on the shelf, the older that this young cast would get, 
and the harder they would be to look at because they would be so old, the harder that they would be to look at on press junkets. You know, they would be elderly. This this uh, uh, Finn Wolfhard. You know, you, you don't want to see someone who's in the movie as a teenager going around to press junkets with false teeth. Well, so that was always the fear. This film has been delayed so much mm-hmm. that our talk about how old the actors in this film are going to be is now old. Yes. That is now old news because we've been talking about it for almost two years. Yes. Well, here's something that I think is playing into the renewed buzz for this movie is forget Finn Wolfhard, forget the other kids that are in this movie. Paul Rudd, he's the sexiest man alive. And I think the fact that he never ages or ages backwards is getting a lot of buzz right now. And I think that's because people love him. And I think that's starting to reflect on people's excitement for this movie. Are you seeing any of the kids doing press? I'm, I'm not, which leads me to believe our talk about it has obviously been been passed around in Hollywood. They're aware of it. They're hiding the kids, which is what they needed to do. They're leaning into the eternal youth of Paul Rudd and hiding, you know, the the fact that Finn Wolfhard and these other young cast members, they're going around on 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 rascals. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean that I've seen him on a few talk shows because he also has an Apple TV show coming out too. But mm-hmm. I've seen him on a lot of uh, a lot of uh, chat shows, but I've not seen any of that cast other than him. Right, right. So, so they they that's a good pivot. They heeded the warning. Mm-hmm. Now, enough with the press junkets. What do we brass mm-hmm. tacks? What do we think this movie does? God, what is the closest comp? This is such an interesting one. Well, we got to see, does it beat Answer the Call? Answer the Call opened it. Did Answer the Call open at like 62? No, I think it was less than that. Let me look. I'm going to do it. You, you, Van. Box office. I, that, no, I'm going to guess 62 million. I think it opened at 62. I think that was its opening weekend and it made like 140 total. That's going to be my guess. And I'm seeing right now. 46. No, I'm so high. 46. That's what I thought. So I I think then this is going to beat Answer the Call. I mean, in terms of this year. Beats. You right? think in, it goes over 46. I'm feeling I'm feeling a lot of buzz on this on this movie. Oh, uh, you're right buying now. into the buzz. Maybe you're buying into the buzz. I this mean, this has happened this to us year. before. The buzz. When here's what happens, Pat. And I'm not going to throw you under the mm-hmm. bus or anything because this has happened to me before. The reason why you are feeling the buzz is because they are slathering you with honey. Mm-hmm. Slathering you with honey. And here comes the bees. Here comes the buzz. You're a can- it's a Candyman situation right now. Right. But 
I don't think you're going to be left with anything but a pile of bones here. If you if you track I, my allegory, metaphor, whatever it is, I think the buzz is deafening because they want it to be deafening. They want you to be so focused on the buzz that you're not thinking correctly. So I'm looking at what I think is, I mean, it's not a great comp because Ghostbusters is IP and this movie is not. But in terms of tone or or level of 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 uh movie, you know, Free Guy feels like the closest thing we've had to Ghostbusters Afterlife this year. In terms of it's not a giant Marvel movie or an F9 movie, but it is or Jungle Cruise. Uh, Jungle you know, like Cruise I'm is trying an to think IP of, in a way. Well, that's what I'm saying. I'm trying to think of what have we seen in 2021 that feels at the same level as Ghostbusters Afterlife. Space so, Jam. Free Guy. Oh, It's yeah. a legacy sequel. But Ghostbusters is bigger IP than Space Jam. For, for old heads, but, but Space Jam is about is right in the target audience for the people that would go see a legacy sequel. So Free Guy opened at 28 million. Space Jam New Legacy, that opened at what, like 33? But that's day and date. Yeah. I don't think that's I mean, that's the closest comp as in as to what it represents. I don't think there's a comp for this that we can think of. Yeah, Space Jam, uh that opened up in the 30s. And then I think Jungle Cruise, but that's also, it's tough to have a comp for this year because Jungle Cruise was also on Disney Plus Premium Access PVOD. Yeah. So that's not a great comp. And Jungle Cruise opened up in the 30s. I'm going to go on, I'm going to go to the lowest end on this. I'm going to say 40. Wow. I think this is, if anything, this will be a grower, not a shower. Mm-hmm. I think the buzz is deafening, and that scares me. Mm-hmm. They, they released a new trailer, apparently, that gives away a lot of stuff that they were trying to hide, so they're kind of desperate mm-hmm. right now. Mm-hmm. Which, I mean, obviously, for this kind of movie, the people you want to see this movie want to know exactly what happens. They don't want surprises. So there's no reason not to do a full breakdown of the plot in the trailer. Well, as as we've we've talked about a lot, that is what people want. I mean, last night in Soho was never going to be a big hit, but its overly mysterious trailer definitely cost it some money. So I think this doesn't make more than answer the call. Hmm. That had hot stars at the time. It had a hot director paul feig it was people wanted that movie to do well they were rooting for it the issue with that film was we're not critics but i do think it was like it didn't know what it wanted to be was an adult an adult comedy or a kid's comedy this feels Mm -hmm. squarely aimed at kids and nostalgic parents so i think you can say whatever you want artistically about it but I think it knows what audience it's targeting. All right. I'm going to go slightly above answer the call. I'm going to go 47 for afterlife. I think it just, it just beats answer the call. Okay. 
Okay. Did did I did I talk you down? Um, it's more that when I was basically I'm I'm using Jungle Cruise Free Guy and um who was the other one we said and Space Jam. Looking at those as comps, all of those movies made around thirty. You know, Jungle Cruise opened at thirty six. But also those movies, or at least Jungle Cruise and Space Jam, were either available on streaming or Disney Plus. So you figure they would have made more. And Ghostbusters is a bigger IP than any of those legacy IPs. So I don't know. 47 feels right. I think it gets above Answer the Call, but just barely. Okay. All right. Um. Now the other new movie, King King Richard, the Will Smith uh uh Oscar, you know, potential Oscar movie. That's going to be it's an adult drama that's Warner Brothers and it's also day and date on HBO Max. So I think the the line that we want to use, the over under line is the cry macho line. Oh, that's so low. That's too low. That's not the line to use. What do you think is the is the line to use? Well, then? the tracking right now is five to ten, and it's dropped twenty two percent in the last week. So, it I guess Cry Macho is the line, but it feels like such a different thing for mm-hmm. me. I feel like no demo over indexed for Cry Macho, and I think there's mm-hmm. a possibility that there's going to be a demo that this serves that over indexes on this film. I think it makes more than Cry it's, Macho for sure. Because what, Cry Macho was 4? 4.7? 4.4. Four. 4.4. 4.4. I'm leaning towards 8. I think lower. I think I think this is a movie that that'll be... The, the adults are going to go see Ghostbusters. I don't know. It's inspirational. And they're going to watch this at home. He's really beloved. I think the 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 Williams sisters are just, you know, obviously once-in-a-lifetime talents. I, I, I mean, I'm a little higher I mean, on this. That means nothing for the box office, that they're good tennis players. No, but I think their story is very galvanizing i think the story is people are very i i could see this surprising i don't think it's going to go over 10 i'm going to go seven all right i'm going to go five on this so why don't we do our top fives for next week okay so i'll start and i think next week the number one is going to be uh ghostbusters afterlife that's a slam i think think that's a slam doink slam doink of the week that makes 47 Number two is going to be by default Eternals, which you figure is going to drop down to the low teens. Clifford the Big Red Dog is going to be number three at probably around seven million. Then the question here is which Warner Brothers movie comes in number four? Is it Dune? which made 5.5 million or is it King Richard? It's probably King Richard will make enough to beat Dune. And then I think No Time to Die actually stays at number 5 and leapfrogs Dune and Dune slides 
you know, to number six or so. So I'm going uh, Afterlife, Eternals, Clifford, um, King Richard, and No Time to Die. That's my top yeah, five. Yeah, it's going to be hard to argue anything other than that. Afterlife, number one, Eternals, number two, Clifford, number three. And then same thing, King Richard. And then I agree with you. I think Bond leaps over Dune just because of the hold and it being exclusively available on Mm -hmm. the big screen. Well, no, that's not true. Actually, it's in PVOD by now. But still, I I, I don't think – I do think it still overtakes Dune. Um, Yeah, and Dune is actually shedding more theaters than No Time to Die is. And Dune is probably going to shed a lot of theaters this week because it'll shed some more good screens for Afterlife and for King Richard, which is also a Warner Brothers movie. So yeah, I think that's it. All right, so I think we did it. We definitely did it. So email us at theboboyspodcast at gmail.com. Let us know if you have something that, hit the box office this weekend. Maybe you're like Austin and you starred in something that had a high per theater average at the box office. If so, shoot us an email, the BO boys podcast at gmail.com. Yeah. And check out our sub stack. Also box office revival on clubhouse. Go hang out with our boy, Brandon gray. He's, he's mm-hmm. whipping up a frenzy over there. People are talking about everything, talking about movies, talking about movies being back. And they are back, baby. All right. So there's nothing left to say. No, there isn't, except until next time. We'll, we'll smell, smell you, you at, at the, the box. box. Nailed it.